Death and mourning. It's all around us. It's a crowd surge Halloween party in Seoul, South Korea. A bridge collapse in India. Meanwhile, the war in Ukraine continues. Another round of Russian missiles has made life harder in the capital of Kyiv. On Saturday, a Halloween party in South Korea's capital turned tragic. A crowd surge led to the trampling deaths of over 150 people. Officials are investigating. The next day, in India, a century-old but newly renovated bridge collapsed. The 700-foot bridge was full of people, and over 140 died. Most of the casualties were teenagers, women, and the elderly. Police arrested nine people involved in the bridge's renovation and maintenance. And then on Monday morning, more Russian missiles hitting critical infrastructure in Kyiv. This left 80% of the Ukrainian capital with no water or electricity. Thankfully, casualties were low. Tragedy is part of our world. But one day, Jesus will make all things right. Death and mourning will be no more. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, getting to share with you the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're in a series called Good News for Ukraine. It's an understatement to say that things are bad in Ukraine. But there are many Christians there helping in the name of Christ. In a moment, we're going to meet up with a young man from Pennsylvania. His name is Daniel. He was on our program earlier this year. He's living in eastern Ukraine right now with his wife and four children, one of which was born in Ukraine in August. And he has some stunning but heartwarming news to share with us as his organization brings hope to the hopeless. We roll in with a military chaplain, we do a church service. At that particular spot, we were actually, we believe we were targeted by the Russians because each missile kept was close to our distribution site. And the last one landed right on the side of the house. That's Daniel Byler. With Plain Compassion Crisis Response, he'll be with us after the first song to give us an update from Ukraine. But first, I just want to say thank you. We've been so encouraged here at Haven Today this week. So many people have partnered with us to help bring hope to the children of Ukraine. We're hearing from so many who want to send a Christmas box of hope to Eastern Europe. For only $25, you can give a box filled with candy, treats, practical things like school supplies and mittens, but most importantly, a book about Jesus in Ukrainian for children. That makes it the gift of hope. So that, uh, you know, so this is for their spiritual comfort, you know, so that they can learn about hope in Jesus. And 100,000 of these Christmas gifts we're planning to pack and deliver right at the Christmas time because we do this all in the country. We don't have to ship it. We don't have to go through all the customs, clearance, bureaucracies, and all other uh, barriers. That's Sergei Rukuba, the president of Mission Eurasia, talking about the Christmas box of hope. After the program, I want to give you an opportunity to join with us in sharing the hope of Christ with thousands of displaced children this Christmas. $25 will send a box of hope. You can call us after the program at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. 
or go online, watch the video we've put up where Sergey shows what a Christmas box looks like, and then make your gift when you visit us at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. Now let's open the program with a group from Northern Ireland. They're called Rend Collective. He's our rescuer. Good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walked away. There is good news for the doubter. The one religion failed. For the good Lord has come to seek and save. He's our This is Haven Today and Good News for Ukraine, and that was a song called Rescuer by Rent Collective, opening our program. I want us to go now to southeastern Ukraine. 
Yes, that is a very difficult place in which to be right now. But Daniel Byler, he was on our program several months ago when the war broke out, and then again after that, we talked to him yesterday, and we asked him to kind of bring us up to date on what's going on. He's there with his wife and four children. He's coming out of Pennsylvania. He was raised Amish, and then he had a born-again experience when he met Jesus Christ. Here's what he told us. Yeah, so 75% of our work is is moving food and humanitarian aid supplies, such as medical supplies, hygiene supplies, Bibles and things like that, to to Ukrainian churches and organizations, as well as frontline distributions, where we do the end distribution ourselves. Interesting place. Uh, the frontline work has really gripped my heart. The needs are fairly highest places. Other places, they're not near as high, but we obviously target where the needs are higher simply because that's where the need is the greatest. Here a while back, we were in a distribution where it was it was a really hot place. There was stuff, there was missiles and bombs landing on four sides of us during the distribution. And we went down in the basement. There was two elderly ladies who weren't able to come out of the house because they were too old and took too much effort for them. We went down in the basement, spoke to them, one of them was led to the Lord. Daniel, thank you so very much for taking the time. You are more than busy in that war zone of Ukraine right now. Uh, if we could just ask for one thing more, is there a story that you can think of that you could share with us to encourage Christians everywhere with how the Lord is at work? So recently, Russia has been pushed back quite a distance in an area about four or five hours from us. We've been going in there some. We've been going into places 72 hours after liberation. There's still dead bodies laying around in some of these places. We were in a town about a week and a half ago where there was dozens of dead bodies laying around. There was still some, some civilians that were there, but that area was under heavy attack, heavy shelling. There was civilians being killed there at the moment or the day before and, and even right after we were there. We roll in with a military chaplain. We do a church service. We have a church service and a preaching. We distribute food, blankets, hygiene supplies, medicine, Bibles, and things like that. And then we rolled a roll off to the next place. At that particular spot, we were actually we believe we were targeted by the Russians because each missile kept was close to our distribution site. And the last one landed right outside the house. The thing that gripped me the most about that place was some of those bodies have been dead for three weeks. And there was, it smelled horrible. There was civilians living within smelling distance from those bodies. With that being said, they spend most of their time in the basements. But it is in those places that the people are deeply grateful that we show up. The gratefulness is much higher there than in some of the other places that we go to. On that day, we met a lady who started crying when we handed her our fresh, fresh baked bread that was still warm. She said, we haven't had bread in months. I think it was six months they hadn't had any bread. And she was so grateful that we showed up with hope and with bread and with food. It's, it's an amazing experience to be able to minister to these people like that. The risk is fairly high. We've been targeted numerous times by Russian bombs, our vehicles in the distributions. Um, it's not the easiest thing to walk to deal with, but we work with the military some as far as gaining access. Uh, we have a military chaplain on our team. He's Ukrainian. We can get intel reports on where things are at expected movements before we access an area and that has been a great blessing to us daniel byler 
Thank you so much for joining us here on Haven today. Charles, it is absolutely amazing to be back on again to meet your team. Uh, I am blessed to be here and I am happy to share what God is doing here in Ukraine. Haven today on a Wednesday, first Wednesday in November. Hard to believe the year is almost over. Halloween has passed. The American Thanksgiving's coming up. Christmas and New Year's Eve will be here before we know it. Every year goes by quickly, it seems. But there's an even stranger feel to it this year. At least for me, I guess I can't speak for you. But do you remember where you were on February 24th? Most people weren't expecting it to be an historically significant day. But then again, that's always how it goes, isn't it? That's the day Russia invaded Ukraine. And I remember how unsure we all were about whether or not Putin would actually do it. Was this just a show of force? Would he really start a war in Europe? Well, he did. And everyone thought it would be over in days. I sure did. I thought Russian tanks would be at Ukraine's western border in a week. But that is not what happened. Not even close. Ukraine has endured almost nine months of war. No sign that is going to end anytime soon. Can you imagine what it must be like to be living in that nation right now? Invaded by your large, powerful neighbor, cities under missile attack, friends and family members died before their time, businesses, farmers, sports, all interrupted, and the Ukrainians have an enemy to blame for all of this. They blame Vladimir Putin and the Russian army. But you know, the Christians in Ukraine have more enemies than that. And I don't mean some other nation. No, our Ukrainian brothers and sisters in Christ have the same three enemies that you and I have. Who are these enemies? People down through the years have given them familiar names. The world, the flesh, and the devil. And this is spiritual warfare. Something every Christian has to deal with. Remember what James said in his epistle? This is in chapter 4. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Well, that's the flesh. And there's a misunderstanding that we want to avoid. When I say flesh, I don't mean our physical bodies. Unfortunately, some Christians have taken that view. But it's a belief that comes more from ancient Greek philosophy than the Bible. No, we aren't trying to get away from our physical bodies. God created them, after all. Instead, when the Bible speaks about the flesh... It means our sinful nature. Christians are regenerated. We're born again. And we have this new life alive within us. But sin still doesn't totally go away. That's the flesh. And it's one of our three enemies. But James goes on. You adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think Scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us? 
but he gives us more grace. And that's why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God, the world, another enemy. And I don't mean everything around us. When James talks about the world here, he means the system set up against God, the part of fallen creation that is opposed to the Lord of all things, whether it's ideas or false religions or a rebellious spirit, the world is at war with God. And then there's our final enemy. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That's pretty self-explanatory, isn't it? Satan is opposed to God, and that means he's opposed to God's people. So how do we deal with all of these enemies? Any one of these three could be and would be a problem. But three at one time? Remember John Bunyan's classic book, Pilgrim's Progress? Pilgrim had to fight a lot of battles. It seemed like struggle after struggle, but they weren't physical fights. No, he had to battle the world, the flesh, and the devil, just like you and me. This is the fight of the Christian life, and it's not easy. And you know, sometimes I think we have the wrong priorities here. We think about how we are struggling against the world and the devil, and that's certainly true. But I think the Bible teaches that our greatest enemy is inside of us our old sinful nature, call it the flesh. And that's our fifth column, so to speak. Have you ever heard that phrase before? It came out of the Spanish Civil War in the 1930s. A general had divided his army into four different columns and was marching toward an enemy city. But inside that city were people loyal to the general who began to cause chaos. They were called his fifth column. Every Christian as a fifth column inside of them, indwelling sin, our sinful nature, the old man. So how do we find any hope? Well, as you might expect, we have hope because of what Christ has done for us and what he's still doing in us. Do you remember what the Apostle Paul said in Romans 7? For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature, For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. I think that's a pretty good description of the Christian life, don't you? But even though Paul had to deal with this fifth column living inside himself, he did not have despair. At the end of chapter 7, he wrote these words, What a wretched man I am. Who, he asks, will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God, who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the answer. If left to ourselves, we aren't strong enough to beat even one of these three enemies. But the good news is, we are not left to ourselves. We have Christ on our side. And Jesus Christ has sent the Holy Spirit to work in us. So whether it's the world and the devil putting pressure on us from the outside or the flesh causing chaos on the inside, we can have hope. Our Savior will not abandon us in this fight. So pray for strength as you wrestle with these enemies in spiritual warfare. And pray for Ukraine too. And especially for our brothers and sisters there. They have the same three enemies. 
And there's a physical war going on as well. But they have the same Savior, and He will be faithful to them as well. My foes are many, they rise against me, but I will hold my ground. I will not fear the war, I will not fear the storm, my help is on the way, my help is on the way.
I love that album title of Christian Stanfield, Mountains Move, and a song called Always, here in this haven today. Millions of children are displaced this Christmas, and I want to ask you to partner with Haven Today and Mission Eurasia to send 100,000 Christmas boxes of hope to these kids. Mission Eurasia is already working with hundreds of churches in Ukraine, Poland, Moldova, throughout Eurasia to package and deliver thousands of Christmas boxes to traumatized and displaced refugee children. I want you to help share some hope, not just any old hope, the hope of Jesus with thousands of these displaced children this Christmas. $25 sends a single box of hope filled with candy, essentials like mittens or gloves or beanies and an age-appropriate Bible to one refugee child. How many refugee children can you help this Christmas? And let me remind you, as always, Haven is not taking a dime out of what you give for the Christmas boxes. A hundred percent of your gifts for Ukraine go to Ukrainian refugee children. So pray about how generous you can be, but then call us at 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. Or go online, watch the video where Sergei Rakuba shows what a Christmas box looks like. And then you can make your gift when you visit haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again we'll share together this great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Strong-willed. It can be good or bad, depending on the situation, but any parent with a strong-willed toddler will tell you that it's often bad. Temper tantrums, defiance, mischief left and right, they grow out of the terrible twos, and we can be thankful for that. But a disobedient, strong-willed child can be a real handful. Thankfully, our Savior submitted to the will of his Father. Remember what Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane on the night of his arrest? Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will but yours be done. Jesus obeyed, even to the point of death on a cross, and his obedience earned salvation for us. What a Savior. Try out Anchor devotional in print. Visit getanchor.com.